2: Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, episode 50, the Pedro Viola edition. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we've got some people here to talk some Reds baseball with you. First, let's start with uh, the man from RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com, Doug Gray. Doug, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm pretty good. I just thought I'd drop in the Pedro Viola fun tidbit of the night. He was the first player I ever interviewed in my life.
2: A special place in your heart.
1: Right there. I'm pointing to my heart. No one can see me because no one watches the podcast. They just listen.
2: Hence, yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's not a video cast. Thank you. Uh, we also have Branch on tonight. Branch, how you doing?
0: Doing good. Doing good now. Kind of trying to stay out of that cabin fever. There's no baseball on depression thing. <laughs> Same as all other baseball fans right now.
2: We also have Burmy on. Burmy, how you doing tonight?
4: I'm doing well, Coop. Glad to be back. I uh, want to give a big shout out to Ram at UncRam.
2: And the sponsor of the podcast is back again, Callie. How you doing tonight?
3: Doing all right. How are you doing?
4: I'm,
2: I'm doing pretty well. So instead of jumping right into the hot fucking stove, I want to get to this story about the minor league contraction. So over the last week or two, a couple of weeks really, there's been stories coming out about Major League Baseball wants to cut 42 teams out of the minor leagues contractual, basically. Well, the new part of that story is we've learned what the 42 teams are, and four of them are affiliates of the Cincinnati Reds. you got the rookie-level Billings Mustangs. You have the was it, Greensburg Reds, Reds in Tennessee. Uh, you have the Daytona Tortugas, which is A-ball in Florida, and then Chattanooga Lookouts, which is are the Reds double-A affiliate in Tennessee. A lot of Tennessee teams, if if you read that list. This has caused a big reaction across the baseball community. A lot of people are outraged over what Major League Baseball wants to do to the minor leagues. It's not just cutting the teams. They want to cut the uh, draft to 20 rounds, create this dream league of all these affiliates that are losing their, that would potentially lose their Major League affiliation, for undrafted free agents, a big mess, basically. And so I asked Doug to be on tonight to discuss this because he owns a website, redsminorleagues.com, where that's his job is to write about minor league baseball. I think I said major, it's minor league. Uh, (laughs) Doug, what are your thoughts on the story as a whole and uh, what the Reds would do if they lose these four affiliates?
1: Well, I mean, the story as a whole kind of sucks. I mean, it There's so many different aspects that you can look at this as a what-are-they-thinking situation. I mean, let's start off with what's it going to do to these towns? I mean, I know that's not really a baseball story, but a lot of these teams they want to eliminate are uh, in smaller towns in the northwest of the United States and then kind of in the the Appalachian area. Uh, They kind of want to get rid of pretty much the entire Appalachian League. You know, these are small towns that, I mean— you're probably talking, you know, twenty-five, thirty jobs in each of these towns, which doesn't seem like a lot for for the locals. But then you're also, you know, pulling away thirty-five to forty jobs within baseball in each one of these towns between the players and the coaches uh, at, at this level, the rookie level of of minor league baseball. The rosters are thirty-five players, not twenty-five players, because that. They have them larger because the the pitchers are younger and they're trying to keep these guys healthy, and so they give them much larger roster So you can have your starter throw three or four innings and have larger bullpens and things like that. Um, but one of the other big issues, which you know, Congress actually got involved a little bit yesterday, is that a lot of these stadiums are publicly funded, and you know these towns have money invested, millions of dollars in some cases, invested in these stadiums, uh, you know, because it it does. You know, bring in money. It, it's you know providing good for the town, and so the town supported these these minor league baseball teams with the idea that hey, they're going to be around for you know 25, 30 years. So you know, making that investment makes sense for these these towns. And you know, now major league baseball is kind of like, yeah, you know, we we do we do not care. Um, and so it was actually yesterday, 105 members of the House of Representatives wrote a letter to. Uh, Major League Baseball and you know all of the 30 owners in Major League Baseball and said, hey, uh, we would like you to reconsider what you were trying to do uh, because it's not good for our towns, our constituents, uh, baseball, and if you don't really you know, reconsider this, you know, we're going to reconsider kind of what we do for Major League Baseball, implying that they're going to look into their antitrust exemption that they've had since
2: 1922. Well, and you, you brought up a good point about public finance stadiums, Cincinnati is well-versed in that. That would mean these teams would have leases with these cities for these stadiums, and a lot of these leases have penalties if you try to break them. So is Major League Baseball going to cover the costs of breaking a lease?
1: I mean, that, that's kind of you know something I haven't actually heard anyone really bring up, um, but I, I think that even aside from that, there's a lot of things going on that it's going to lead to plenty of lawsuits if it were to happen. There are some owners, like the, the the man who owns the Billings Mustangs, for example, he owns five minor league teams, and four of them are on this list. <laughs> I mean, they're they're basically taking tens of millions of dollars in value away from him just because, yeah, you know, they don't want to pay we'll, we'll call it seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year uh, between, you know one or two teams that they're going to cut out
2: well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of one of the arguments that Major League Baseball initially tried to make was that a lot of these are stadiums that are not up to par or the facilities are not up to par. Billings, I believe, is in a fairly new stadium. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that it opened in 2007.
2: Which isn't, you know, it's not relatively, it's not that old. Uh, no, I know it's the Lexington...
1: It's actually a very nice stadium. Yeah.
2: like The Lexington Legends are on the list. They are... The single a team of kansas city it used to be the single a team of the astros for example jose altuve played there and that stadium is about 18 or 19 years old but it's in real it's a really nice stadium and so this this argument of facilities just doesn't fly to me
1: it doesn't fly to anybody um i mean i i've spent the last month or so talking to people um both in you know the business operations aspect i've talked to a few minor league team owners Um, nobody buys the idea that this is about anything other than Major League Baseball doesn't want to pay the players money. Uh, You know, last year there was kind of a big old thing. Um, you know, basically they snuck a little itty bitty paragraph into a 2000 page, uh, spending ominous bill for Congress to basically said, hey, uh, we're not going to pay minor league baseball players any more than minimum wage and they get no overtime. And they snuck this into a national spending bill that no one had time to read. Nobody could really be like, hey, we don't want this in here. And it was such a small thing that nobody really fought back on it. And Well, when the baseball community found out about that, people lost their minds. And so, you know, starting this year, the Toronto Blue Jays decided that, hey, they're going to pretty much double the pay for all of their minor league players. They were the only team that did it that we know of. And I feel like we would have heard it if somebody else did it. Uh, but it seems like there's pressure on major league baseball now to start paying their minor league players and of living wage. I mean, guys that play in Billings, Montana, make $1,150 a month. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but can you live on that? I, I, mean, I know I can't.
2: I think that's what Phil makes as a janitor out there in Iowa. But yeah, most normal people, that, I mean, that's that's not a living wage, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, no, and, and, and it's just the, the pressure is there. So, you know, one of the things that the Major League Baseball brought up in their little proposal is that, well, we want to pay players better. But everybody pretty much feels that they're gonna basically keep their ledger the same. They're just gonna eliminate 85 players, and then just take whatever money that they were spending on the 250 players in their organization on the remaining 185. And they're like, oh well, we gave them a raises, so now shut up.
2: Right. Yeah. Where you're you're putting out less money, you can you know spin it as, oh, look, we're pay- paying these players more. Well, like you said. Well, yeah, because there's 80-plus players that you're not paying any more to begin with.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it, if Major League Baseball really care about the facilities, they can take care of it really easy. Um, I mean, right now, the there's an agreement between Minor League Baseball, which is its so, own separate entity, and Major League Baseball. And within that agreement, there are conditions for the quality of the stadiums. If you want them to fix it, just put it in the next agreement. But that's not what that's not what it's about. Or they go out and they do that. It's it's pretty much they just don't want to pay players more money than they need to. Um, And I I just I I cannot get around it. I if if they were really worried about these other things, they'd have done it and taken steps to change it before now. And now it's like they want to do all of these things all at once. And it's just like, no, it, it just doesn't. It does not pass the sniff test.
2: I was surprised that Chattanooga made the list. That's a team that's, well, and Dayton, or or not Dayton, Daytona, I'm sorry, uh, for two reasons. Well, one, Chattanooga and Daytona have been around for a long time, not just with the Reds, but for years and years. Daytona is where Jackie Robinson debuted in professional baseball, and the stadium's named after him. And I've never been there, but I've heard that's a nice stadium. You, You heard wrong. Oh, is it a dump? Um, I've maybe I'm thinking of Pensacola.
1: I, I, maybe uh, maybe I got that confused. Yeah, P- P- Pens- Pensacola is great. Yeah, okay. May I probably? I, that I, I love the people in Day- I love the people in Daytona. Uh, that stadium is really old. Um, it's in a league that is basically all other Major League Spring Training homes, and it's basically you know a, a 1925 stadium that's got some like updated bleachers and stuff. Okay. Like they, they did they they did just get a brand new field turf field, which is nice. But in, in terms of like actual amenities and like the clubhouse, it's very, very outdated. Um, when, before we even got the list of the 42 teams that they were proposing, I actually had mentioned that Daytona might be on that list because of how out of date their stadium was, even though they were a full-season team who does draw well. I mean, nobody in that league draws anywhere near what Daytona does. Um, because, I mean, they, I, they actually promote their game their games because they aren't tied to a major league team spring training complex. They're not owned by the reds. Like all Mm -hmm. the other teams are owned by the parent club. They don't care to make money or lose money. Whereas Daytona actually has to make money because they're their own separate, uh, you know, organization.
2: I wanted to get some, uh, some of the thoughts of the other people here. Uh, Branch, give me your thoughts on the contraction and the reds affiliates in general.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not real thrilled with it. Um, I The whole thing kind of, when i seen that article come out where this is actually an Astros idea coming from them, and they kind of run it up the chain, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, great idea. And really, 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 the Astros are just messing baseball up really fast. Um, uh, maybe not like it too much. I can't believe that Chattanooga would be on it. That was kind of a I was pretty happy about them coming back to the Reds uh, for me living in West Virginia and losing the Appy League teams it's It's gonna suck. I mean, I spent my birthday last year because I couldn't you know spent too much money on opening Day, couldn't make it up to Cincinnati for my my birthday last year. I was at uh, Charleston Power game, which was a you know it's a the, now it's a Seattle minor league club in Charleston, West Virginia, and that stadium's only like 12 years old, but it, it's nice. There's it, you know. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. It's natural grass, looks great. The the all the facilities, as far as I can tell, are fantastic. You know, when that was a Pirates organization, where it was close to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, the whole uh, that whole the whole populated area, of West Virginia, a big chunk of Pirates fans all of a sudden showed up because they were watching these kids go from that low A team all the way up to, you know, the majors and Triple A, and you ended up. The Reds lost a lot of, uh, they lost a lot of base right there on that. And it kind of bothers me that I see more Pittsburgh here in Charleston now than I do Reds, which that used to never be the case. You know, growing up, it was all Reds all the time. And um, the state of Tennessee is going to, literally, those politicians are going to lose their minds. And it's going to be fun to watch the, the the politicians try to work this because they're going to make some strange bedfellows because you're going to have some people from other sides of the aisles agreeing with each other and, and actually working on these bills together, which might end up being a good thing. Another thing that I have with it, that, you know, if this is going to go through and right now it looks like MLB is going to say, yes, it's going to happen. And it doesn't look like they're really saying this in negotiation. If the NCAA would step in, and there's going to be players available. If the NCAA would up their scholarship limits on baseball players in college it would it would actually maybe help college baseball a little bit because if you're going from 160 to 100 what is it 20 teams there's going to be people that would draft out of high school that just aren't going to get drafted you know uh the only thing about this whole thing that i actually do kind of like is the draft team of august you don't have college players you know finding out where they got drafted while they're in the playoffs Uh, but, yeah, the whole thing's kind of
1: sucky, and Doug did a lot better job explaining it all. I've, I've read everything, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it all. All right, can I, can I, can I jump in on something real quick just to address that last yeah. point about the drafting? Go ahead. Here's, here's my issue with this, and I, I haven't seen anybody else really talk about this, so this is why I kind of want to jump in and bring it up. On the surface, I don't have any issues with moving the draft back a little bit, but with that, what they want to do is make it so that players, let's say they were drafted in August of 2020. They wouldn't be signing player contracts until 20 or, or for the 2020 season. They'd be signing them for the 2021 season, which would push back free agency another year for players. It would push back the ability for them to need to be added to the 40 man roster oh, for an extra year. And didn't even that,
0: think about that.
1: That's that's a real issue oh. when, I mean, in theory, if let's say you're a 22 year old college player that gets drafted, well, you've got four years before you have to be added to the 40 man roster so you'll be 27 before you would get to the 40 man roster and then they could keep you in the minors for another 3 years and then they could keep you in the major leagues for 6 years you in theory you could not reach free agency until you're a 37 year old player in this scenario
0: ouch that's bad that's bad, yeah
1: now <laughs> that's obviously the, the the collective yeah. bargaining agreement would come up before that, and they may be able to change the rules that may be something that the players want to wow. fight for, but given how we've seen in the past couple of days how contentious things are between major league Baseball and the players association, that's probably pretty far down the list of things they're going to fight for.
2: Bermi, jump in
1: yeah, um one of the things I think is interesting about moving
4: the draft and I you know what the eliminating all the teams, it's depressing because it's just a big money grab because everybody wants to pay the top end talent more and then not pay, you know, the young guys to develop them. And it's just kind of a sad state of affairs in my opinion, but you know, over, over all of that. Yeah. To the point of, you know, they they draft in June. I always thought it was odd because no other sport really, you know, does their draft in season. So it's always been kind of a weird, you know, a weird phenomenon that baseball has to itself. Uh, that being said, it is nice that you can get drafted and you know in June, and all of a sudden you're in Billings. If you're you know, if you're a rookie playing for the Reds, you get sent out to Montana and uh, you know with a chance to progress and start the next year, maybe in high A ball or even double A, if you're a dominant college player. Um, it is different. And the only thing I can really relate it to is, um, and, oh my God, I'm talking about hockey. Well, they get drafted the year before and then they own their rights for a certain amount of time. Now the NHL is different. You have three years in your rookie deal. And then, you, you know, you come up at free, you know, free agency probably 22, 23. So it's a lot different. And that's where baseball is going to have to work on their CBA because six years is antiquated. But, you know, you see guys in hockey that they're drafted, they play college hockey the next year, and then they decide in mid-March, you know, okay, I'm going to go to the NHL now or the AHL. And they get sent for the playoff run for their respective team. And all of a sudden, two weeks ago, they were playing in – you know, the NCAA tournament, and now they're playing, you know, for the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I think in the regard that, you know, you can get them there quicker, which is why, you know, baseball having the draft in June makes sense because it allows them to go to rookie ball to the end of the year. The way it's set up is good. And then that tying back to the initial point, I would – I hate to see them get rid of it because it takes away three months of learning kind of, you know – teaching these kids whether they're 18 19 21 22 whatever how to be a professional and they learn it in smaller markets where they're not going to do anything really egregious because they're young kids and it's just cutting time away from them to develop as a professional which means obviously on the field off the field etc so hopefully that made sense
2: no it did Uh, callie what are your
3: thoughts i think the entire thing seems really greedy I mean, they're obviously just trying to save money, and they're not going to pay anybody anymore. I mean, they're not going to actually spend any of that money on these players, necessarily. And to take away all of those teams from, like, the small towns that Branch was talking about, that's just... I don't know. That's a different kind of hurt. That's not not even baseball. Like, you're just being awful. I feel like it's not broken, you know, stir the pot like this and lose thousands of jobs and... Things that people like to do, like go watch those teams play. for fell on his birthday. Like, that was probably so much fun, and it's just something different to do. And it'll just be gone. That's I, I don't know. I Hate that.
2: Well, and I have a yeah. Go I ahead. Have Doug a question. Go ahead.
4: Uh, dog, I don't know if you've ever been down there, but one of my favorite things as a kid was we would go to Hilton Head for a vacation, and we my mom would always drive us to Savannah, and for some reason every year it coincided with they were the Savannah Sand Nats, now the Savannah bananas, correct?
1: I have no idea what they are now. <laughs> I I okay. when you said when you said Savannah, I was like, oh the Sand Nats. So uh. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we went we went down we would always go down there and watch a, a
4: Sand Nats game. Or we go to Charleston and watch I think they were the River Dogs at the time. But, you know, I mean there were a couple, you know, maybe maybe you know, fifteen hundred people in the stands in a stadium that holds maybe five thousand people total. But you know, the atmosphere was incredible. Like my little brother got to throw out a first pitch and my buddy and I got to do a dizzy bat race. And actually they asked anybody if they could sing. And my little sister sang the you know, the national anthem before the game, because they're like, yeah, you know, we're we're just going to play the recording, but if she could sing, we'll let her do it. And it was such a, you know, over the span of a couple of years, it was such a good, you know, such a fun time. Like my family still talks about that to this day. And I'm sure there are thousands of other American families that have had a similar experience, at a minor league ballpark somewhere in America. And it's just a shame that that, you know, would go away over something as trivial as just, you know, paying people.
3: It's a huge shame. And there's so much money. I mean, there's so much money in major league baseball. They don't have to do this to fix that. There's nothing to fix. It's just, there's already money. They can just fix whatever they need to the stadiums. They could still pay these people more. I feel, I I just don't feel like it's right. It's, Awful to take that away from all. Save
4: of the, the boiled of peanuts.
1: peanuts. All right, so I, I, I've got a few more thoughts. Go ahead. So first off, there, there's a there's actually a very good correlation between children who go see professional baseball games, whether that's major league or minor league, growing up to adults and spending money on baseball. Like that's there's a very strong correlation there, and they're taking this away from people that if they don't have these minor league teams, they're not. I mean, think about if you live in Billings, Montana, and they take away baseball. The closest team to you is the Colorado Rockies, which is like 900 miles away. You're not, you're not making a trip to see the Colorado Rockies, but you might go see Billings play. You might go see, you know, I don't know, some other team that's in Montana. I'm throwing a blank right now. But, you know, there, there's a few teams within like an hour and a half, two hour drive of Billings, Montana. You can go see baseball. You can see professional baseball. You can think, man, you know, that Jonathan India guy that came through here. Yeah, he might be a big leaguer one day. Let's go watch him play. And you know, they bring up that whole, oh, we'll give you a Dream League team. Well, you know who's going to be in the Dream League? The, the guy who's going to be drafted in the 32nd round that nobody knows who he is? Uh, yeah, He might be a major leaguer one day, but nobody's showing up to watch that dude play when he's 22 years old. They have no idea who he is. People are going to show up and see Jonathan India. People are going to show up and see Hunter Green. Those are household names. When you're the first round pick, the second round pick, those are big things that come through minor league t- uh, towns. Nobody goes and watches, you know, the Hamilton team that plays in the you know wooden college, uh, wooden wooden college baseball summer league. Okay, it's it's twenty, it's like twenty minutes up the road from me. I don't even know where they play, and I'm like the weird baseball guy. I've I watched baseball today for three hours. Okay, it's it's November twentieth. Anybody <laughs> else watch baseball today? No, I no? worked today. No, no just me. Well, I guess I guess I work too. That's part of my work, but still, (laughs) you you understand what I'm saying, though. Like I'm the weirdo that watches more baseball than anybody, and I have no idea where this team plays. I mean, that's that. uh, It's so fluffy. But here's the other part that really gets me. You know, we're we're on Rule Five Day right now, and one of the guys that you know, some of us were not sure the Reds were going to protect or not protect was Alfredo Rodriguez. The Reds paid nine million dollars to sign him a couple years ago out of Cuba, and one of the reasons it cost nine million dollars is because the Reds had to pay a penalty because. You were only, quote-unquote, allowed to spend a certain amount of money. And if you spent more than that money, you had to pay 100% tax on whatever you spent over that. That only lasted for like five years. But in those five years, Major League Baseball collected over $200 million in penalty money that teams were willing to pay to sign players that didn't go to the players. Basically, the owners just gave it to Major League Baseball and said, hey, here, this this is our penalty. Put it in the central fund. Nobody's ever found out what that money was used for. It was over $200 million. Right, why isn't that money being used to pay for these raises for the players? Why isn't that money being used to you know, maybe pay for some of the small upgrades you actually maybe half sort of want for your players in the minor leagues? That's, are, that's what I want yeah. to know. Uh,
2: I had a couple comments here about this. Uh, one, basically three leagues would be shut down. The Pioneer League and the Appalachian League, which are rookie ball, and the New York Penn League, which is short season A ball those those leagues would cease to exist. And the remaining teams would have to move to different leagues, whether some teams would have to jump up levels, some teams would have to go down levels. And then the other thing is the Reds are losing, under this scenario, the Reds would lose four affiliates, including their Double A affiliate. And there is, I think Daytona, is that high A or low A? It's advanced A. Okay. So... What teams are they going to pick up to be their high A and double A affiliates?
1: That's the thing. Nobody really knows at this point because the leagues themselves, first off, there might even be a third triple A league that comes in into play. That's made up of teams that are in triple A, double A, single A right now that we just don't know. I feel like Major League Baseball has a, a plan in place. I mean, they've already they've already told the teams that they want to eliminate that. Hey, we're we're trying to eliminate you. So clearly, they've got a plan in place as to which teams will move to what leagues and what creations of new leagues are. But we haven't seen that list yet. So, right. So uh, as far as as far as I know, only one team, one team in the minor leagues, had a signed uh, player development agreement beyond 2020, which is the year that uh, the their, the entire minor leagues agreement comes to. In end with major league baseball. And that is the Tampa Bay Rays and the Durham Bulls. Now there are some teams like the Dayton dragons, for example, because they are where they're locally in the Cincinnati reds market. So the reds can basically say, no, you can't be with another organization. So in theory, if Dayton were to move to the league to another level, because the reds, is, they're not going to let some other franchise come in and let their players play that close to Cincinnati.
2: So that's but, where I was thinking
1: teams that are that close.
2: So let's, I mentioned earlier the Lexington Legends. W- would that be an option for them instead of them going away, saying, "Hey, you could be the Reds' Double A affiliate if Chattanooga's franchise goes away"? And I'm just spitballing here. I don't, because,
1: I don't think so because because they're, because they're on they're on the list. So right, clearly, right. Major League Baseball doesn't think that they're viable for whatever reason.
2: The whole thing's just a pile of freaking crap, and we, we've talked about it. It's greedy. It's just miscalculated why, why would you want to ruin minor league baseball it's such and and i hate to i hate to use it's the term americana even, it's, not, but.
1: it's not even just minor league baseball you're ruining baseball you're you're taking the ability to watch professional baseball away in person from tens to hundreds of thousands of people around this country it's crazy you know baseball's got a problem drawing fans in as it is right now and they're basically pulling this all away attempting to pull all this away from people. And I, I just don't understand how over literally $350,000 in salary a year for each one of these teams that it, it makes sense to just, you know, basically say, screw the future. We don't care. It's, it's insane to me. Can I ask it? Go
2: ahead, Burmi.
4: I had a question and I think, and I, I think it's kind of relevant. Like this cutting, this is kind of almost a microcosm of society where Young people don't want to live anywhere that isn't a city right now. That's fairly, you know, would anybody want to debate me on that point?
2: Well, I mean, but some you of these know? some of these teams that are being cut are in decent sized cities: Chattanooga, Lexington.
4: Agreed. Were... Like, like, like Chattanooga. Chattanooga is an IT leader, right, in America right now, and they want to cut it. But Chattanooga doesn't have the the sex appeal that Austin, Texas has, or Nashville has, you or Atlanta. You can move two hours south and living you know live in Buckhead and have the time of your life with you know three million people living there.
1: Buckhead is I, awesome.
4: Buckhead is awesome. But I think we have a problem as a country that people don't want to live in the smaller areas because there's mostly because there's more opportunity elsewhere. And but also whereas, you know, fifty years ago you could look at a you know a smaller town like a Greenville, Tennessee, and go, you know, I could be the town whatever there. And you can live there and you'd support the local baseball team. Where now younger people are going, I don't want to live there. There's nothing to do. I have access to all these social media outlets. And I see all this fun that goes on two hours south of me and I move in there. So even though I'm 28 years old, I may sound like an old man yelling at clouds with that statement. It's not so much as I believe in that as does anybody else see that
1: trend as well. I'm throwing it out there. I guess I'd ask why, like what, what does that have to do with Major League Baseball? Because, because League, I, I, the, 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 in, in this specific case, the Reds do own the yeah, Greenville Reds. But most of, most of these teams aren't owned by – I'm pretty sure that the Greenville Reds are actually the Major League Baseball team that is on this list. And I yes. think the only, re, the only reason I think that actually is is because the Reds don't own the stadium they play in. So the investment that they made to purchase that franchise was probably very small because they have no real estate investment there and there's no stadium investment there.
4: I think my point is, is that Major League Baseball is trying to be proactive and go – Well, obviously, you know, the money, you know, the saving money aside, they're looking at a lot of these towns are trending downwards in population. Their population average age is older Then they're they're just trying to pull the plug now. Well, that's dumb.
1: But again, again, they're like, what does how does that affect Major League Baseball, though?
4: It doesn't affect Major League Baseball at the top. I'm saying Major League Baseball is looking at it going. The populations of these towns are decreasing. Let's get the hell out of
1: there. But why are they trying to get out? Like, what, what is the what is the end goal of them getting out of there? It's right. not costing them any money. It, the, the the amount no, of money I, there or know, anything I, doesn't, I, doesn't change for the Cincinnati Reds between being in Sacramento or being in Greenville, Tennessee.
4: I, Doug, I agree. I I agree with you. I'm 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 asking. I'm I'm not making that statement as this is what I believe. I'm saying, do you think that has anything to do with it?
1: Well, I, I mean, I just, I can't see how it I mean, I, That's what I'm asking you is like, okay. what, what, would, what would the point be for them to, to make that statement? Like what, what's the, their reasoning behind that? I, I can't figure that out because yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't change anything from their perspective necessarily.
4: I think from their, from their point of view, it would be a, in you can put this in air quotes, a, a financial standpoint of if these towns continue to trend downward population wise and less and less people are attending the ball game then what's our incentive to keep them there? Let's eliminate them now and move on. I disagree with that. I'm just saying I, I'm just trying to, you know, almost play devil's advocate and throw it out to the rest, you know, the rest of the group is is that something that could potentially be driving their decision?
1: Well I'll that, say no because the Billings okay. Mustangs have no like the the money between the people buying tickets in, in Billings Montana doesn't really funnel up to the red. I mean it does a little bit because yeah. there is, they they do get a, a small percentage of the tickets um, Revenue sure. handed back to the big league team, but it's 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 mm-hmm. such a small number that I don't think that it matters.
4: Okay, that's all I was trying to figure out because you would know more about that than I do.
2: Well, and I think
0: it's still got more to do with cutting payroll.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Overall, yeah. Where, where where I have another problem with it is you're you're talking about 42 cities where you are losing potential major league baseball fans because like Doug was saying say you are a fan you live in Billings Montana you can't drive the 900 miles it is to the closest major league team so you go to your minor league affiliate to watch live games but you know you're still you're a fan of a major league team yeah because you can you know say you can see that player play when they're in their rookie league and well, then like, like what? even an opponent you can see them play in, a, in the Rookie League or you can see them play in, in single A. And then a few years later, you can see them play in the Major Leagues and you're like, hey, I saw that guy play when he was 19 years old, you know, just down the street from my house. You're, you're going to no, lose I'll give that. you
0: a perfect example of what you're saying. Growing up in West Virginia, you know, I went to, I want to say, five Reds games at Riverfront in the 80s. And that was that was just, you know, and that was just one game as we were passing through, or something here and there, that you know, that's all we could afford to really go to. Uh, I probably went to two, three hundred Charleston Alley Cats games, which was Reds' affiliate at the time, uh, over the years. Which you know, now that I'm older and I spend money on baseball, and when I come up to Cincinnati, I'm dropping money in the town. I mean, I'm coming up, I'm spending money on Airbnbs or hotels, restaurants. I'm drop every time I come up, I'm probably dropping, you know. $850 a $1,000 between tickets, food, beer, everything else. That's fine with me because I'm a Reds fan and I'm a baseball fan that's willing to do that. You start pulling these teams of kids that were like me that got to go enjoy the minor league parks and got to see live baseball and get an appreciation for live baseball. Hell, I can just watch the highlights of my phone if I even care about baseball in, in eight minutes and see what happened the night before. That does nothing for major league baseball down the road. They're, they're alienating Possible fans by doing this, and it's it and it's really sad for the communities, and it's sad for some kid or you know some kid that's going to be out there going, hey, you know, hey dad, let's go do something, and he's like, well, what do you want to go do? Well, we could go to a baseball game. No, we can't.
2: Well, you and know, I, it just sucks. And I mentioned this with the Lexington Legends when they were affiliate with the Astros. I know people to this day who you flip on a game and it's the Astros playing, and they'll say, Jose Altuve, I saw him play in Lexington or when Roger Clemens was coming doing his comeback one time with the Astros he pitched in Lexington and it was a big deal because there's a major league baseball player on you know basically a glorified rehab assignment but here's a major league baseball player in our city we're going out to see him
0: when Bryce Harper played in Charleston that stadium was sold out and you could not get a ticket yeah and he he was coming in from wherever the other team was but I, I tried to go to the game I, I wasn't getting a ticket <laughs> it happened not
2: Put a wrap on uh, that topic. More to come because I have a feeling this is going to end up in litigation at some point if there can't be an agreement reached. Uh, so let's move on to the moves the Reds made today. The Reds and all of Major League Baseball had to add players to protect from the Rule 5 draft, which happens at the end of the winter meetings in December. So the Reds added to the roster Tyler Stevenson, former first-round pick, T.J. Antone, Ryan Hendricks, and Tony Santian, which are right-handed pitchers, and that got their roster to 39, and then they made a trade with the Rays for Jose DeLeon, who is a pitcher who was once a pretty decent prospect with the Rays. He had Tommy John surgery, I believe, in 2018, and it'd be interesting to see what the Reds can do with him. So that leaves alfredo rodriguez which doug talked about earlier and tj friedel as the kind of the surprises maybe uh of people who were left unprotected so they would be eligible to be drafted in the rule five draft i don't know if there's much of a chance of them being drafted but it's it's interesting to think about uh let's start with you callie are you happy with who you don't know
3: (laughs) I really like haven't paid that much attention. I'm sorry. Okay.
2: No, that's fine. Branch.
3: Preoccupied.
2: <laughs> Branch, are you happy with who the Reds protected? <laughs> and is there anyone yeah. that you wish they would have?
0: No, I mean I can see uh Friedel I, 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 honestly they they uh the Antone guy is the one I, I didn't I didn't expect him to protect him. I actually was just expecting uh Santion and uh, Stevenson to be protected. But because it seemed to me like they were being a little protective of their 40-man roster. But, you know, and they can drop a couple players between now and the actual Rule 5 draft and, and yeah. the trades come up. You know, it, it, you know, it'll work out. But, I honestly, I was a little surprised they went as big as they did on that. As far as the new guy goes, he's brand new to me today. I looked at some of the stats. But it looks like he has promise. and I'm anxious to see what the, uh, uh, you know, the pitching staff and this whole new thing with. Bodie and everything can do with him. You know, yeah, and he make... was
2: he was a decent prospect. He was traded to the Rays from the Dodgers. The Dodgers originally drafted him, and he's seen he's had cups of coffee in, I think it was three different Major League seasons, but then again, he had the Tommy John surgery in 2018, so I'd be interested to see his second year off of Tommy John surgery, what he could do. Uh, Burmy, give me your thoughts.
4: T.J. Friedel was the kid that went undrafted. Correct. Like accidentally, Accidentally. And Correct. then like, yeah, like he didn't realize whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, they signed him. Okay. So I'm kind of surprised because there was a lot of hype around him. And D- I'm sure Doug could chime in. Was that 2016? Yes. Okay. So 2016, I remember, because he was coming out of what, like UNLV or something like that? Just your old Nevada. Okay, Nevada. All right. So the Wolfpack. Wolfpack. He, uh, I remember he um,
2: – Colin Kaepernick, know, he, uh, I remember
4: him coming <laughs> – Yeah, sh- sh- was gone, Kaepernick. Yeah. Probably could had a good probably could have had a good baseball career too. I'm just saying. Um but yeah, they uh oh okay, yeah, was he throwing like ninety yeah. five? They uh but I remember when they, they got him and I was like, Okay, you know, we might be this kid in the show in a couple years, and now here we are coming on twenty twenty and you know he's still working his way up because the Reds had a weird love of, love affair with Billy Hamilton. But you know, it is what it is. If somebody wants to, you know, claim him in the rule five, they'd have to keep him all year. Or he I, comes back. Yeah. So, so what's the worst that happens? You know, he spends spring training with another team. Maybe he makes that team out of spring training, and then in May they're like, eh, never mind."
2: And, and then the, he's back and, here. And the Reds make fifty grand.
4: Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So, so so they can afford to pay their marketing interns. Right. So it's you know it's whatever. I mean that's I don't see a negative of leaving him uh, unprotected. Uh, Tyler Stevenson to me. Putting him on there, it's almost like one first-round pick. We got to save our ass, but two, we have a lot of questions catch catcher, and if we don't sign Yasmani Grandal, the fuck are we gonna do?
2: Well, I think so, Tyler Stevenson took a big step forward, and Doug could talk more about that. Uh, I think he took a big step forward this year. One, the main reason was because he was healthy for a change. He he had dealt with a lot of injuries when. Over the last few years, uh, Doug, why don't you go ahead and jump in on the guys that the Reds protected and uh, if you have any thoughts on DeLeon.
1: Well, well, we'll start off with Tyler Stevenson. You mentioned he's been injured. Yeah, yeah, 2018 was the first year he made it through an entire season without being injured. Uh, he did it again this year. And I mean, yeah, you're right. You, you've seen the, the progression, particularly defensively uh, over the last two years, just because it, catcher is the one position that just takes a long time and you need so many reps just to kind of get everything going and get everything figured out because there's just so much on your plate between calling a game, uh, learning how to adjust to hitters and their swings, uh, working with pitchers. There's just a lot going on. Um, but yeah, you've seen, you've seen a big improvement in Stevenson over the last two years. Cause I mean, frankly, he's just, he's had the actual time on the field that he didn't get before. Shout out uh, to
2: Corky Miller for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Shout out Corky. Um, you know, Tony Santeon, this side of Hunter Green, when healthy, uh, he's, he's probably got the best stuff in the organization. Um, you know, when he's at his best, he's got three-plus pitches. Easy, easy pick uh, to, to add for me. Um, Ryan Hendricks, same thing. Is Among the relievers, uh, I had one scout tell me that he's got the best stuff of any reliever in the organization, uh, and he included major leaguers in that, too, which was surprising to me, but... I, on the right day you can see it i mean he'll be up to you know 99 miles an hour with a, a plus plus curveball so if you see him on the right day yeah you can see that uh you know tj antone was a guy that i thought could be so, uh you know protected he would have been the fifth guy that i would have protected and the reds only protected four now tj friedel's the guy that really surprised me i i think that he is going to get selected unless there's something that comes out that we just don't know about right now uh, his season did end in july with ankle surgery but uh, I just can't see how that's going to keep a team from selecting him. You know, Right now, he's probably a fourth outfielder, but he's going to be a 24-year-old fourth outfielder with upside. I think he's got a starting center fielder upside. He gets on base. He can play defense. He can steal you 25 to 30 bases. Uh, it's tough to see how he wouldn't stick to a roster all year. I, I'm very surprised that they didn't find a way to protect him, I mean, especially if, as I think that we all agree, they're going to non-tender somebody. Why wouldn't you just non-tender somebody today and, and, and save TJ Friedel? I just don't understand that move. Um, Jose De Leon, love that move. Uh, I think that it's a a very low-risk move, even though we don't really know, one, how much money they gave up in the deal, and two, the player to be named later, we don't know who that is. Uh, but the, the Rays traded away several players in their 40-man roster to make room to protect more players, so the, the price probably isn't going to be that high. So I feel they're buying low on a guy who at one time was one of the best prospects in baseball. Now I don't know how the Reds are gonna use him. He's been a starter for his entire career for the most part. Uh, he started in the minor leagues this year. Very, very limited action in the bullpen. The Reds kinda of have fifth spot open. You know, he can go out and compete for that spot, and if it doesn't work, you know, throw him in the bullpen and see what happens.
2: I'm I'm really big on the Daily trade, just because I know it's a lottery ticket because he's coming off Tommy John and all that, but if you hit with him, like you said, he, this guy is just not some run-of-the-league minor leaguer. This guy was once one of the best prospects in baseball. If you can harness that and even say, even if you, all, you put him as like a Robert Stevenson in the, out of the bullpen, if you can have that kind of talent coming out of your bullpen, that's a win-win, regardless of what you gave up. It's a good move, Spe- a good speculative move. Let me put it that way. Other, other iterations of the Reds' front office wouldn't have made a move like this. It's, it's refreshing to see that you're going to buy, buying low on a guy who could potentially make this team out of spring training. I mean, it's, it's, that's not a wild you know take. He could be on this team when, when they break spring training. So why don't we move on to some listener questions.
1: Oh boy, now we're in
2: trouble. <laughs> There's a couple of doozies. Uh, so earlier today, uh, I tweeted out from the podcast Twitter account to ask questions using the hashtag impeach the Astros. First of all, this wasn't a question. Well, actually, it is a question. Uh, th- he didn't use the hashtag, but Jeff, not G off. His ad is at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, with, like, underscores in between it. He asks, if I listen to the podcast but Doug has me blocked, will half of the conversation sound like Peanuts teacher?
4: <laughs> so, Doug, you've got
2: this guy blocked. Uh, and I he ha- deserved it. I asked yeah, I asked him, what'd you oh, do? And oh, he, my God. His response was, used logic.
3: <laughs> That's
2: funny. So shout out to Jeff I don't think you're getting unblocked yet
4: no. No. I, lo, Okay Logic McLogickson Yeah. Come the fuck down, big guy.
1: <laughs> He probably He probably tweeted like barstool at me or something
2: oh, No, well, no I don't do know. barstool I'm with you <laughs> on that <laughs> So <laughs> our next question Comes from Joshua Rutherford and he asks Hashtag Peach the Astros How terrifying is that new black Cincinnati hat so if oh you my if you haven't seen this, I think I'm gonna tweet it out from the podcast account right now. The Reds have this hat. It's it's Mr. Redlegs, all black. All you see is his eyes and his teeth. It's kind of I mean, I don't want to say blackface. It's kind it's
3: of un, it's unintentionally offensive. I thought it was adorable until he decided it was blackface and now I feel guilty. <laughs>
0: Well see, I thought think it looks like the eye's looking in the window like a peeping tom.
2: It's cr- it's creepy. It
3: looks it, it looks,
4: it looks like Phil in Iowa at the local boutique.
2: <laughs> it's Phil it's Phil looking in his neighbor's back uh back window at night. Oh, I cranking one out oh, to my. his neighbor in oh. the bathtub.
0: Yeah, see that's what I saw when I saw it. I saw some
4: some dude outside a window cranking it out. Shout grandma. out to Phil. Phil Phil's is out there for the corn fed girls, you know.
2: Now the red one that looks like Satan, I would. I'm actually kind of partial to that one. I wouldn't mind having that one.
4: (laughs) Coop's gonna buy. Coop's gonna actually buy that hat and then have a séance to get his 1919 hat.
2: And speaking of that hat, Buckeye State Sports at Ohio underscore Sports19 asks hashtag impeach the Astros. Should satanic Mister Redlegs replace Gapper starting next season? Yes.
4: Well, yeah.
1: Well, literally.
4: Satanic, Mister Redlegs didn't do nine eleven.
1: So, yes. I mean, literally anything or anyone should replace Gapper.
2: So, yes. Yes. <laughs> I think we can <laughs> all.
3: <laughs> I think we can
2: all agree that Gapper sucks.
3: Gapper's but, the worst.
2: Yeah. Terrible.
3: Gapper's the terrible. Worst.
2: Don't ever do that again. So, actually, Burmy has the next question. It's
4: from, <laughs> it's, from it's from It's from Parks and Rec. You asshole! People don't forget.
2: so burmy has the next question he asked hashtag impeach the Astros. who was the last woman that doug courted
1: i'm not gonna name her
2: doug did respond with i dunked on your mom last night
1: (laughs) he did
4: but uh i i just want to know why doug won't tell us when him and andrew kendrick went out that's all
1: do you really think that I'd hide that from anyone?
0: No, you would not. He'd be I shouting that not. one from the rooftops. Oh,
4: you. you would have an Instagram account. Some kind, <laughs> of gen- some kind of gentleman. You are, Doug.
1: Well, maybe that's why it's not happened yet. <laughs>
3: <I don't know. laughs> Doug, did you not fulfill a promise? Is it something that something along those lines? You didn't do something you said you were going to do. Uh,
1: no, I actually mm. sent Anna Kendrick cactus. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh, oh, oh, oh. Wow, fuck. wow, that's a sore oh, subject.
3: Unblocked. Wow.
4: Doug Dug
3: with
2: character. the
4: fire. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kendrick's only looking for one prick, you know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, God damn it,
3: Barbie. <laughs> Anna Kendrick doesn't want anything to do with any one of you.
1: This is true. She's I only into British dudes. Shout out I to Anna. I
3: said she wanted anything to do with me. I was shout talking about dogs.
2: Everybody tweet Anna Kendrick and uh, shout, tell her she had up. a shout out on the podcast.
3: <laughs> shout out, British dudes. Yes. She, she'd probably love that. I have at no... British, at British <laughs> dudes. Have, have, I have... <laughs> contacting her, telling her to listen to this podcast.
2: I have no idea what she's like. I only have seen her in like a couple movies. So, anyway... So Jonathan Webster at J Webster underscore 10 asks, Hashtag impeach the Astros. Would you feel good about the Reds winning a championship with high levels of cheating involved?
1: No. Yep. Yes. yes.
2: It would depend on what the cheating was.
3: Don't care. Joey no, yep. should
0: be doing roids right now.
2: See, I uh, I don't know I if I would care way. about, like, you know, performance-enhancing drugs if if they were, like... Like I don't like the Astros stealing signs electronically that I'm not a big fan of that at all. I know some people are like, ah, I don't care, but
4: coop, it's not Louisville basketball. They're not gonna vacate it
1: <laughs> See, that, 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 <laughs> yeah. that's Thank you, a bro. very important point because usually situations like this you don't find oh. out until long after the fact, right. and you as a fan totally enjoyed the crap out of whatever was going on yep. at the time,
2: yep. So all those poor Louisville fans just were not at that Final Four. They just didn't realize it.
1: They
4: dude, they were living in a
0: different universe, man. Shout out to Jeremy. I'll still fight you to the death, then I wasn't even there. The nineteen nineteen Reds would have won anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Testify.
2: Shout out to Pete Rose. Uh so How
4: dare you? Shoeless Joe <laughs> couldn't even fucking read. Who cares?
2: Okay. Uh <laughs> So we've Zero. got a we got Zero. another question from our friend Jesse Byrne down in Australia. So he's at AJBSON nineteen ninety two. Give him a follow; he's a good guy, and I say that because I've never met him, but he uh, interacts with the podcast, so therefore he's a good guy.
4: Ring endorsement.
2: <laughs> so he he says, uh, "Impeach the Astros if the Reds sign Didi and Grendel and say a fifth starter and a bullpen arm. Can the team contend in twenty twenty with keeping Winker, Irvin?" Platoon and left, Senzel and center, and Aquino and right. Uh, of course, the scenario assumes full and healthy seasons from all. Cheers and cheers. So, Doug, let's start with you. An outfield of a Winker, Irvin, Platoon, Senzel, and Aquino. Can the Reds compete with that if, if they sign DD and grandall and say a couple arms?
1: I don't even care about the arms. If they sign DD and Grandall and their the rest of their team quote-unquote, stays relatively healthy, yeah, that's a competing team, for sure. Uh, Burmy.
4: Clearly this gentleman's had too many flostas because the Reds haven't made that much action in an offseason ever. But if they did, if they did, then fuck yeah, they would compete.
2: Speaking of little action, shout out to Phil. Uh, Callie.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> your thoughts on... literally what I wanted to Your thoughts on... Uh, that scenario of signing Didi and Grindall and the outfield basically as is.
3: Like, could we compete then? Yes, def- That's literally all I want them to do. It's exactly what I want them to do.
2: But. Well, I want them to sign Anthony Rendon, but I also want you know a big mansion and fancy cars, and that's not happening either.
3: I'm not asking for a ton. I'm not <laughs> asking for Rendon. We're not asking for
4: a Lamborghini. We just want a functioning car. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I'm actually a- asking for a Lamborghini. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um. Well, then, will you just fucking DM Anna then?
2: I want a No, Lando. i will not. Branch, your thoughts.
0: Uh, yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> so our next question comes from Wu at Wu the Reds. He couldn't be on tonight. He asks, hashtag impeach the Astros. If you had to sacrifice one person on the podcast for the Reds to win the World Series next season, who would it be? And I think this is going to be pretty unanimous. Unanimous? Unanimous. <laughs> God, I can't talk. Uh, yes, we're sacrificing Phil. Yeah,
1: sorry, Phil. Any objection oh,
2: yeah. to sacrificing oh, oh, Phil?
1: Oh, 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 I'll take one for the team. I'll sacrifice me. Does that count? Can I do that? Shout out to Ram. Wait, Doug. Wait, timeout. Doug, you have to stay alive for this.
2: Yeah,
4: you
1: can't die. You can't die until after they win. I don't. I don't want to have somebody else's life on my conscience, though, man. That's that's a lot to freaking wear.
2: I mean, anybody but Phil. I would probably care, but it's Phil.
1: Phil. Phil gave me a shout out for my dog last week, so that's
2: okay. I'm so that, that, was,
1: that was. That was. That was nice.
2: And you all cuddled Thanks. out in Arizona I'm spring training. Sorry. You know, you all I'm shared not, a hotel I'm room. Not,
1: no, I can't believe nobody said Ryan. Uh. That was an Airbnb, bro. We didn't share a hotel room. Oh, I thought it was a hotel room.
2: <laughs> Who was the big spoon?
1: We had we had very very separate sleeping quarters. That-
2: <laughs> and there was no cactus yeah. was brought a, back.
1: Was it? Was it? Was, it, was, was there a shared bathroom? Not, th- not for Kelly. There wasn't. Oh.
2: Ooh.
3: Ooh. Ooh. Why are you like this? I'm still
1: getting ordered, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Woo had another question, but I don't feel like asking it. Uh, it's about Coach Cow paying his players. Did they get fifty dollars last week since they lost the Huntsville? Fuck,
4: fuck yeah, they still got their stipends. Their, their coaches' stipends.
2: Yeah. God damn it. And they and they fucked around and barely beat Utah Valley. Well, it's a bad season for Lexington. Anyway. Let's move on to the Tom Brenneman Memorial Cornhog of the Week. Uh, this is the time of the week where everyone goes around and nominates the biggest dick of the week. And we are going to start with Callie this week. Callie, who's your Tom Brenneman Memorial Cornhog of the Week?
3: Uh, taco Bell, because I went there yesterday, and they didn't have any tortillas, any of them. Like nope. any size flour tortilla. They did not have any. It's Taco, <laughs> it's taco Bell.
2: That's like their main... Th-
3: yeah. How do you,
2: how do you run out of tortillas?
3: I don't know.
0: <laughs> like, well, what, what do it's, you Taco be- it's Taco Bell. A shift manager got high. Let's be honest about it.
3: <laughs> I don't know. It was like the first time I had left my couch in like forty-two hours, and I was pretty pissed off about it. <laughs> so Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> that's that's understandable. D-
3: disappointing.
2: Uh, <laughs> Branch, who's your corn hog of the week?
4: Rob Manfred, because he hates baseball. Amen.
2: That's a good one. Uh, Burmy, who is your dick of the week?
4: I was going to say Manfred, too, but I guess uh, we can always add variety. My first one is the entire team of Tottenham Hotspur for firing Pochettino and then within 12 hours hiring Jose Mourinho, which if you follow soccer at all, what the fuck. Um, they're an absolute dumpster fire. They played in the Super Bowl of soccer last year. And then they fired their coach to hire a guy who, basically, just plays like a 1992 style of the game. So well, he, likes, he likes to he likes to bunt with a runner on second base.
2: That's definitely it's definitely a soccer thing because Leicester City fired their manager halfway mm-hmm. through the year after they won the Premier League.
4: Yeah, I mean, sir, like it, for all the people that don't watch soccer, that's like the Reds winning the World Series. And then halfway through the next year, because they're forty and forty-two, they fire the manager, and you're like, "What? What the fuck?" Yeah. There, there's a lot of potential there. Um, also, honorary shout out. This because I want to make fun of him because I hate him. T- the Toronto Maple Leafs fired their head coach today, and Mike Babcock is one of the biggest pieces of shit in hockey. He's literally like healthy scratch guys the last game of the season, so they don't get bonuses. Because of dick.
2: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty awful.
4: He, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the man. He was, he was like the head coach of the Red Wings when they won the Stanley Cup in 07-08. And he's like, oh, I do whatever I want. I'm Mike Babcock. He helped scratched a guy one game short of his thousandth career game just to see if he'd make the team the next year so he could play in his thousandth game. Like, the guy's just a fucking asshole. So he got fired today from Toronto and the media's ripping him apart. And as a hockey fan, that makes me feel good to know that he's miserable.
1: So, right. that's like honorary.
2: Doug. Who is your dick of the week?
1: Well, I was going to go with Rob Manfred, but I'm just going to go with all of Major League Baseball at this point. Uh, one for what they're trying to do to minor league baseball, but you know, earlier today they also came out with or rumors came out or speculate not speculation, but like uh, what I'm looking for unsubstantiated quotes, I guess, from the players' union, uh, where Rob Manfred told them that uh, we're not going to be in a a deal for the collective bargaining agreement where we pay you any economics to get labor peace. So basically they're saying, Hey, you know, we're not giving you any more money than you're getting now. Uh, and if you've been paying attention, major league baseball keeps making more money and the players keep getting less money. So that's a problem. But apparently he also said maybe Marvin Miller's financial system doesn't work anymore. Now, Marvin Miller is the one who kind of came up with this whole free agency thing. Uh, and that's kind of got some people thinking that Major League Baseball is trying to mess with free agency, institute a salary cap, change how arbitration works. Uh, basically, they're just trying to keep as much money for themselves and take as much of it away from the players as possible. So screw them. Screw they're not going to make
0: much money when the whole damn league's on the strike. You know, they're really going to be suffering when they're on strike. And,
1: you know,
0: we ain't got Roy's with Sosa and McGuire to bring it back.
1: What they do have now, though, is real estate and that that makes up a whole lot of uh lost ticket sale revenue or tv revenue and that's another fun thing that the players aren't getting anything of even though it's absolutely baseball revenue it's just not tied to baseball revenue but you know think about the uh if you've been to atlanta they've got the battery down there that surrounds the stadium and all of that's owned by the braves and it's only owned by the braves because well they own the braves but that's not baseball revenue, even though the Braves are raking in money hand over fist from that development. And all of these major league teams are doing that now. But, you know, that's not quote-unquote baseball money. So they're not sharing any of that with the players, and they're still making record money. But yeah, screw those guys.
2: So my nominee is going to be Mike Brown, because fuck that guy. So that about wrap up this podcast. Uh, we'll go around the room here and have everybody give their final thoughts, and let's start with Burmy.
4: I wish baseball would just leave it alone. Manfred sucks, and uh, quit trying to ruin, you know, our favorite game. You know, fuck off, everyone. I don't have a coherent thought about it. I'm just, It just makes me fucking angry how much uh, Manfred's tried to speed the game up in all the wrong ways. So,
2: It's like Manfred's trying to—I don't even know what he's trying he's
4: paid, to <laughs> he's do. He's, he, he's paid by the NFL so they can just stay king, even though their product is absolutely fucking dog shit right now.
2: He's like trying Seriously. to out Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell. Branch, your final thoughts.
0: Baseball's healed this country quite a few times in a lot of ways, and they're screwing with it, and it's just sad. And we're in that shit part of the year where it gets dark at lunch, and to have this stuff going on is you know, bringing up stuff like a strike, which, good God, it's probably going to happen. And hopefully the Reds can win the last World Series before the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> impending two years of negotiations. And then lose half a fan base and, you know, all the crap that'll roll downhill from that. Yeah. That was my final thoughts. It all sucks. They need to quit messing with it. They're making so damn much money. Just enjoy making a lot of money. And be happy. You're doing what most people would love to do, and you probably inherited a big chunk to get to the point you're at anyway.
2: Doug, your final
1: thoughts? I'm just going to apologize to Callie for bringing up the cactus. I'm (laughs) sorry.
3: Wow. I mean, it's not really okay, but... (laughs) If it makes you feel better to say that, then I'm glad you said it.
2: (laughs) Callie, your final thoughts.
3: It is a bummer that they're trying to kill baseball. It's a huge bummer. And that, like Branch said, it gets dark at lunchtime. This is a terrible time for all this. And it's cold. I don't know. I'm ready to get warm. Yeah, it's cold. It's horrible. I'm ready for it to get warm. Ready for opening day. 127 days, I believe it is. Uh, I'm ready for it. I think think it'll be a good season.
4: Here's hoping. It's stuck. It's not cold, it's hockey season.
3: No, it's cold and it's terrible. <laughs> I have to put like gloves on, socks. Have you heard of these things? They're terrible.
4: <laughs> so
2: for my final thoughts first, I want to thank Doug for coming on to uh, talk about this minor league fiasco that's going on. appreciate that. I also share everyone's thoughts on how shitty it is that Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred are trying to strong arm this through. Uh, if you read some of the articles, uh, they basically came to the negotiation table with minor league baseball and said, we're doing this and we're not, we're not talking about it. It's just, I think it's going to get really ugly. And I, I think like Branch said, we're we're also looking at a potential major league baseball player strike here in a couple of years when the CBA runs out, you combine that and it would just be a awful, awful period for the sport. It'd be a black eye for the sport. And, <laughs> Let's just hope that doesn't happen. So,
1: I agree, because I'll be out of a job. I'm sorry. Continue.
2: Yeah, And you do not want Doug unemployed.
1: At Anna Kendrick.
2: Yeah, Anna, Doug had to move in with you. He could he could be the pool boy. And we'll just leave it at that.
0: Hey, John, hey, that's, Doug, that's, hey Doug, do you think there's any money to be made in, a, in the Doug and Branch
4: motorcycle blog? Erotic, probably not. Probably I mean, not. Huh? The,
1: yes, there's money to be made in anything these days. <laughs> it's going to be an Instagram
2: star
3: You just have to follow through with something one time
4: <laughs> <laughs> Erotic scene
2: <laughs> And on that note <laughs> <laughs> For Doug Gray And Callie and Branch and Barmy This is Coop saying we'll talk to you later
3: Cincinnati,
1: Ohio
3: Cincinnati where the river winds <laughs> across the Mason and the big line.